everybody, and welcome to Cat's Cradle, the sideshow to Sword of Symphonies, where we talk about the game Heroic Chord and what makes the story of Sword of Symphonies work. With me are Kathleen. I'm enough of a professional to not mention just how hellacious it was getting to record today. Thanks for that. And Nick. This is going to be a short one, folks. Buckle up. <laughs> Guys, this went perfectly. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Guys, we're going real fast today. Fast like speed of sound. Nick, people didn't. It was edited out of the other one. It was edited out of the other one. So he gets to do it for this one. Okay. So um, Kirsten can't make it tonight, which means we're going to be coming up with an NPC to surprise Kirsten with. So this is another character creation episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, Kirsten is sick. Yeah. Yeah. She got she got the big the big cold. Be- get the better whole, soon, Dingus. The whole the whole thing. It's get- it's not friendly. So we're Sansa Kirsten tonight, but but that means we get to make characters to harass her. Yeah, because it's going to be her character arc next. I think I'm deciding Maybe, unilaterally, unilaterally on on Mike. I guess. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna have some sort of NPC that's going to occur during her character arc. Penelope needs to learn that sometimes you should plan ahead, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and that one's honestly, as a GM, trying to teach her that is going to be a struggle. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be easy. It's one of those things where teaching Penelope to think ahead is much easier than maybe teaching uh, Kirsten to think ahead. Oh, no. (laughs) I mean, speaking as someone who's been trying to do one of those things for over 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Dingus, you're my favorite. Feel better soon. <laughs> I know she's listening. That's what's making this very difficult for me is because Kirsten does listen to every episode. So, mm-hmm. uh, oops. Cat Cat is actually very sweet, not as cavalier about making up nonsense as it was in my episode. Don't tell everybody. Actually, my episode was very nice. It was nice. It was nice. The party was very concerned with making character who. Cobb would know. So we're doing such a bad job, you guys. <laughs> so what's so what's our goal for what's our goal for Penelope's character? Um, I don't know, guys. What is your goal? Well, I think our original goal of we need to make a character that Penelope would respect. I don't know if we're gonna be able to do that because I don't know if Penelope Well, okay, it wasn't respect, it was want to impress. Yeah, I'm sure Penelope respects, like, many other human characters. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I don't know if Penelope wants to impress them. Or would know how to go about that. So we we have a couple of things here. One, we can change what we want her character, her NPC, I should say, to do. Or we can just make another Cloud Elk. (laughs) (laughs) She's very invested in impressing those, and she's not real great at it. Well, so in my character arc, sort of the first thing that we saw of the major antagonist was sort of a reflection, like at least a physical reflection of Tissa and kind of a little bit of a thematic one was sort of like telling a story Mm -hmm. versus someone who did a lot of time um, observing stories. So we could just straight up make that a thing where the character arcs are 
people meeting their mirrors, but I don't know if that would get a little formulaic when everyone has to play through and listen to three of them. I don't know. I th- like, I agree with that, but also at the same time, I do kind of want to make a Lee Van Cleef um, <laughs> for Penelope. That would be fun. <laughs> but that also might be that also might be going way too into the cowboy thing. This is true. It would be it would be leaning extremely hard into the Western thing that Kirsten has got coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so just so that the audience is clear, and this is something I'd like to bring up because we're talking about it. We're talking about character arcs and character arcs are kind of like arcs you would see on a TV show or in a comic series where a character over the course of a little sub story, maybe learn something important about themselves or um, develops an aspect of their personality. And advancement in heroic court is tied to character arcs. At the end of every arc, we've already been through it. Everybody gains some skills. But at the end of your arc, in addition to the skills, you also gain some increases to your stats. And when everyone in the party has finished their character arc, then the season is over, at which point it becomes season two or season three, and characters get to choose new abilities. We've already started Tissa's character arc. If you've read the manual, you kind of know what Tissa's lesson is, which is a real kind of abstract and challenging one to play with. And Penelope's is sometimes it's okay to think ahead. I can look this up. It's in the manual. I used you guys as sample characters. (laughs) Yay. But that's also a, um, shall we say, a very uh, interesting lesson to teach. Yeah. Maybe sometimes it's good to plan ahead question mark. Yes. Is what Kirsten gave me for the lesson that Penelope needs to learn. Well, and I do think that Heroic Chord has a couple of good mechanical options for you to do stuff. Um, If, say, just like in terms of, say, survival pools or um, Mm -hmm. having like going more like a adventuring day concept and really pushing the characters hard and not giving them rest opportunities. And so definitely you could be pushing the planning ahead in that regard. This is true. But at the same time, the planning ahead in that is kind of abstracted. Right. Because admittedly, I don't really have the patience for uh, shopping in RPGs. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd love to say that my reason was much more technical than that, but it's it's really not. I just wanted to abstract shopping so that nobody would be um, asking the GM what 50 feet of rope costs. You know, like, the, honestly, the more that I'm thinking about it, listening to all of this, the more that I'm thinking we should just do, like, Sentenza from Good, Bad, and the Ugly. <laughs> Just like Penelope. a just like a more like an older, better seasoned, like cool cavalier. Yeah, like I think maybe we should just do yeah the the like the more seasoned. I don't know if you want to make them a villain, mm-hmm. like Sentenza was. Um, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that incorrectly because it's been a very long time since I've seen that movie, mm. and I'm not good with names, even you know when their names that I have heard recently. But yes, the the villain from Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I think maybe we should just do that for Penelope. I mean, bearing in mind that the same rule that I set for Kathleen and Kirsten when you weren't here is that 
we don't get to decide the nature of Penelope's relationship to this person. We only get to decide that this is someone Penelope knows. Yeah, and we get to figure out like a little bit who this person is, but... Yeah, but if we make them a jerk, she's not going to like them. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I mean, we can say that we're not trying to, you know, that we won't choose it. But if we make somebody who is like self-centered and greedy, I'm sure Penelope will not get along with them. No. Yeah. But I guess the better question then is, should we do that or should we just, should we make like another traveler? And see where it takes us from there. Yeah. Okay. So now my question is, um, are we making a ranger? And if so, what kind? I think if we're making a ranger, they have, they have to be a cavalier as well. Okay. Because A, we need, like, I, I think it, it would be good for us to have that. What's the, what's the word? Not, it means basically mirror. Um, Foil. Yeah. Foil, we, we need that recognizable foil. And also the only way that we're going to get Penelope to care about another character is if they have a cloud up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just throwing that out there. You're not wrong. We love you, Kirsten. We're, we're throwing in a lot of we love you, Kirstens, to make up for the uh, shameless number of dunks <laughs> that we're executing on this completely unguarded basket. Because the basket is sick and we're monsters. But as I was saying, I think it actually might be an interesting thing for the setting and also for everyone else to see. If we did make a ranger who wasn't maybe like, I don't want to say a good guy, but maybe a ranger who wasn't as, um, well, okay, Penelope's not really a, I guess, a quote unquote boy scout or girl scout. Um, no, no, she's, uh, she's uh, an animal. But she is at heart a good person, though. This is true. She's kind of a little bit the character in your shonen fighting anime who's based off of Sun Wukong. Yeah. She, she is essentially our, our cowboy monkey king. But I think it would be interesting for the setting to do a ranger who is kind of like a jerk, who is somewhat self-centered, who, like, helps people because it helps them. Which... okay. Which I think is a a good again a good foil to our um, our cowboy monkey king, who was also a rather selfish character, and that was you know the whole point of their journey was you know to stop being selfish, mm -hmm. you know, and, and enlightenment and all that other other stuff. But Nick's quick summary of one of the uh, most influential pieces of literature. Yeah, look, look, we we have to go fast, you know. We we have to podcast fast, and this is true. We have to we have to podcast as fast as possible. So my next question for you guys is: It is time to do stats. Um, I think one hundred percent this character has high subtlety. Absolutely. Okay, so we're gonna do it the same way we did before, where we're going to just go back and forth. I don't know if subtlety is their highest stat. But absolutely, if we are making a foil to Penelope, this character is high subtlety. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Kathleen, stat. How many do we each get? You're each going to get two, and I'm going to take one. Oh, okay. Works for me. Um, subtlety adaptability. Okay. I think my second one, I would say understanding. And I'm going to pick daring. So we are looking at 
two daring, two understanding, one sensitivity, two adaptability, and three subtlety. Yes. Yeah. This is someone who more often than not solves problems by concealing their motives and their actions from other people. This is a character that has to plan ahead. This is a character that has to plan ahead. Yeah, they have they have low sensitivity, so they're not good at being surprised. Their adaptability is okay, but I think because they have that low sensitivity, this is going to be the kind of thing where they can't just wing it like... I think everybody in our party has it, like at least a decent sensitivity. Uh, Tissa has low... Well, Tissa started with low sensitivity. Okay. So the Windswept Cavaliers have three combat specialties. Mounted, which is the same one that Penelope has. Archery, which is in order to interrupt uh, range attacks, the target also has to roll at least two on understanding tactics to find cover. And peace, which is while you're trying to find a peaceful solution to a situation, you cannot be attacked. Once you've made an aggressive action or aided an aggressive ally, the effect ends. And which one did Penelope take? Took mounted. I want to also pick mounted to again go with that sort of like you know, mirror, mm-hmm. but I guess the only one that I, that for me personally that I'm not seeing is peace because again, I kind of want this character to be a, like a little nasty. Like they're a little nasty. Like a little nasty. But on the other hand, like what if it's like they're a little nasty, but they are such a smooth talker. They have social graces and like. Ooh, actually, yeah, that one's. That kind of thing. They like using that kind of negotiation ability to kind of throw the wrench in things. Actually, yeah, no, listening to, I really like that. I think peace actually might be good there because, again, Penelope is not a talker. Yeah, Penelope's a bit of a hothead. And and forcing Penelope basically to have to talk to this person. Yeah, to have to deal with someone slicker than like she as is. Long, as long as they're being smooth, yeah, and like, you know, song and dance and all that other stuff, like, to basically force Penelope to cool her jets, I think, yeah, I actually, I think peace is, is a good one. Well, can you imagine, can you imagine, like, the confrontation, like, kicking down the door and is like, no, we've, we can reach an equitable solution on this. Okay. And not being able to be like, no, we fight now. So the starting skills for a cavalier are survival, boreal, long-range weapons, riding, humanity, and medicine. So you start with one point in each of these, and then I'm going to go back and forth between you guys because we add eight points, if I remember right. Why am I forgetting this? <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I believe it. I'm eight. a fool. It is eight. Yes. It's eight. I'm a fool. Okay, so we're going to, we started with Kathleen last time, so Nick. Uh, humanity. Okay. Tracking. Um, writing. Writing. So we have one point survival boreal, one point long range weapons, three points in writing, two points in humanity, one point each in medicine and tracking. This is, we're making a season one character. And I think what we might do is uh, focus on leveling up to a season two character another time. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to focus this episode on just bringing this this tricky, tricky character into existence. Next, what is the level one ability? The level one abilities of the Windswept Cavaliers are 
I think we have to give this one Forest Whisperer. You go over all of them, but I that's the one that I'm, yep. again, because it is so counterpoint to Penelope. But go over all of them. Yeah. Forest Whisper, you can communicate with animals, even strange beasts, as if they spoke your language. Minor Miracle, you restore up to two of someone's lost maximum HP as a party action. And Pine Needle, whoever accepts an arpeggio can add a boreal spell piece to their attack. And that's the one that Penelope took. So to further my thoughts, again, I think putting Forest Whisper on this character makes them, A, better able to understand Pollyanna, which is sure to, at the very least, ruffle feathers. But also, again, I, I really like that idea of this this person who is maybe a little, like, a little, you know, sneaky, but is the person that other people trust first over Penelope, which I think that'll really, that'll really, you know, get her goat. What do you think, Kathleen? Same? Yeah, no, I like that. But like, I guess we still don't know exactly. And, and Nick's uh, painting the antagonist brush real hard right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nick's chasing that car. Well, yeah. Watch, watch us make this, Make this character where I'm like really gunning hard for villain and Penelope just loves them. <laughs> and wants to impress them. I mean, that could be still real neat. I, I will take either. I like that. Well, and if we're going with someone who is a little bit of a sneaky person, man, animals see a lot of stuff. They probably know a whole bunch of junk about like where things are or who's been traveling or that kind of thing. Mm. And a high subtlety does kind of uh, give you the image of like a scout. Yeah, exactly. I, I actually, I really like the, like a scout build on a windswept cavalier. I like that a lot. So my next question for you is what kind of person are we, are we dealing with? We've already mentioned somewhat underhanded, very well prepared, uh, crafty. Capable of talking their way out of problems. Definitely a smooth talker. Definitely a smooth talker. Okay. So what kind of gender identity are we imagining on this person? I mean, again, I'm 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 instinctually going for a man simply because again, I kind of leaned into this as Lee Van Cleef, but I don't think we need to just like make Lee Van Cleef. Or at least, you know, his character from the movies. The silence there was giving me a real strong, not applicable vibe, which I'm down with. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, yeah, I, I think, I think in, uh, an NB character, um, I, I think that would work real well. Yeah, absolutely. This is somebody who does not have a binary gender identity. Who, I'm going to go with the classic they, them. Works for me. I think that I think that NB also works real well for me because like I was trying to think and it was like, eh, gender. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I got from that silence. And I was like, no, actually, I love that. <laughs> so let's go through the background questions. Um, Kathleen, where did they meet the cloud elk that took them to Tamiris? <sighs> they met the cloud elk on the way there. In the wild? Yeah, I think in the wild. Nick, are they still with the same elk? Absolutely. 
Okay. Kathleen, what do they think about the view of the world from the sky? Mm. The sky is really revealing, but it makes things weirdly flat. Okay. There's some nuance that is somehow lost from the air, even though you see so much about it. Okay. Nick, what role have they taken on in their community? I think more than just a scout, they are kind of a storyteller. They're the the eyes and ears and also the over exaggerations and the and the entertainment for for those who are wondering sort of what's just over the horizon. Okay. Kathleen, what are they afraid of? They're afraid of running out of options. Okay, Nick, did they explore Scattered Rose Island? Yeah, yeah, they did. This person that we've created, they they would 100% have explored Scattered Rose Island. Okay. So, I mean, you you were leaning really hard on villain, but I'm kind of, I am getting this, uh, like, almost carefree person who is not necessarily very observant, but who still wants to learn about and observe the world around them. I think the way that this this character has been going, that their observation is very focused. You know, um, I think with their low sensitivity, but with their personality, they're not paying attention to things around them as much as like in that sort of, you know, um, very, uh, what's the word? Like, you know, like sort of very active, but they are like, they like to watch things. They like to look at things. They like to study things. I guess. I guess to jump off of that, I'm I'm viewing that as like they're purposeful. Yeah, I, I get the feeling that their observation is a lot more clinical. I don't like, even though they have high subtlety. I don't want to say voyeuristic, but I think like clinical and scientific. Yeah, like subtlety to me. As, as a character who is observant means someone who is making models in their head about how things react and um, like someone who is a little bit driven. They're very focused. Yeah, like they, they want to find the thing and just like really, really bore down into that one thing to like to the to the detriment of everything else, which I think it w- was going to explain there their low sensitivities. They get so focused on something that they just, they tunnel vision really hard on one thing. Yeah. No, you Hmm. exactly said it. If they have the thing that they're going for, they're going to miss out on other details. Okay. So I'm, uh, I'm looking at my translator and how does Rada sound as a name? That works for me. It's the, it's a adaptation of the old English adjective, meaning ready to ride. Oh, I like that. Yeah. But it also means like prompt, prepared, and skilled. Ooh, I do like that one. Yeah, there we go. The Explorer. Because I think with with a really high riding and tracking, this is somebody who explores. Mm -hmm. Who wanders. And I love them. (laughs) (laughs) I love them. I think honestly, my I think Penelope will too, and I think that's not necessarily going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I think Penelope's going to love Rada as much as we do. 
Yeah, I really, I really like them. And, but I think that there's still an opportunity for us to like come in conflict with them. I genuinely love a good rival character. I'm personally dreading the day when the plot thread with the the book comes to a head. And I have my own speculation yeah. about that. But yeah, <laughs> I want your rival character to be a robot. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a sucker for a good like Gary Oak style smell you later rival. <laughs> like somebody who's not necessarily evil, but who's kind of a jerk. <laughs> there it is. I've been waiting for that. Who's. Oh, you've been waiting for me to bring up Pokemon the entire time. I know this. Okay, listeners. You proposed an episode about Pokemon. (laughs) While we were discussing what to do for this episode, I brought up that we should just talk about Pokemon several times. Several times. And honestly, I was the one who resisted that one the most, I think. So I am happy. Thank you, Kat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm a sucker for a character who's not necessarily evil, especially not in a cosmic greater arc of the story sense but who is still kind of an antagonistic force just like one who would help you escape from a burning building because they're not a monster but they would make fun of you and that's kind of i'm a sucker for for rivals so Mm -hmm. i would i would really like it if that's where penelope landed on rada here yeah we will see i'm very curious to see how kirsten and penelope react to rada yeah Okay, thank you for joining us for another character creation episode, guys. By guys, I mean listeners. Hey, thank you, listeners. Thank you, listeners. Yeah, we love you. Yeah, so this was, as we said, a pretty short one. We do have to go now, but thank you so much for listening to us. And uh, we'll see you next week when, uh, if everything goes according to plan, we'll be back to Tissa Cobb and Penelope and their continuing adventures. Yeah, look forward to it. Um, you can talk to us about your Gary Oak experiences at Peach Garden RPGs on Twitter or using the form on our website to email me about Gary Oak, <laughs> I guess. Please do. <laughs> no. My favorite rival was Silver. If Silver's... Yeah, Silver's a real good rival because Silver genuinely is just a total dipshit. <laughs> Silver's just like beep boop Pokemon friend question mark like fucking has no clue. <laughs> dipshit. Okay, no, guys, you guys have been threatening to sidetrack me with Pokemon <laughs> chat the whole time and it finally happened. Audience, It I finally happened right at the very end. Pokemon love- is real good. Yeah. Pokemon is real good. Big, big Pokemon nerd. <laughs>